crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm your host, Brent Nuktagal. Today we're going to be talking about what's happening in Lebanon and its prophetic significance. We've been writing for a long time that Lebanon forms a linchpin for a very important biblical prophecy, uh, an alliance of nations that comes together uh, from Europe and the Middle East that will counter radical Islam led by Iran. And the significance of that prophecy is is huge, and this alliance is huge, because it is a necessary piece of the puzzle that is to happen just before the coming of the Messiah. And we have been writing about the fact that Lebanon is going to form a critical role by virtue of its heavily Christian population and because of its historic ties to Europe. Of course, Lebanon, as everyone in Israel knows, has been dominated by Hezbollah for the past 10 years or so. Its government has been run virtually by Hezbollah. Hezbollah, of course, is an Iranian proxy, gets most of its funding from Iran, apart from which or that which it can get from the Lebanese people itself. And it has virtually held ransom power over Lebanon's uh, political uh, scene by by virtue of the fact that it has such a large uh, a large Shiite population there, or at least the Shiite population votes for Hezbollah, and Hezbollah then does dominate the uh, the parliament. And for so long, this has been the case. And for the past 10 years, almost, Hezbollah has been increasingly shown to be completely loyal to Iran, putting Iran's wishes over the benefit of the Lebanese state, that the Lebanese people are sick and tired of Hezbollah's power. They're sick and tired of Iran's power over their nation, and events have been building to remove Hezbollah's stranglehold over that nation, especially since Hezbollah joined the Syrian civil war at the invitation of Iran, which has brought a lot of difficulty to the to the Lebanese people. And there have been massive protests in Lebanon since last October to try and and fix the government corruption inside Lebanon and the fact that Lebanon is unable to move forward while it is is dominated by a terrorist organization. Lebanon is in great need of international aid and help and finances, but so many international nations are unwilling to put forward that help while Hezbollah controls the nation. And so there were huge riots. Coronavirus kind of stopped those huge riots against the government. But now we have, it seems because of the catalyst of the massive explosion that tore through the city of Beirut late Tuesday evening, we have a catalyst that is going to lead the people to rise up in rebellion against the Hezbollah-dominated government and instead side with the help that it will receive that is lining up from Europe, particularly at this point from France. Now, I don't want to dwell on what happened on Tuesday with the explosion uh, too much. This was an absolutely massive 
uh, explosion that took place at Beirut's port. There are still facts and details at why there were t- over 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate being stored, uh, stored in a hangar there by the port for the past six years. All the while, you have port authorities and custom authorities writing to the Lebanese government saying, get this ticking bomb out of the port because it could go off at any point. And sure enough, it's gone off last week. And there's plenty of questions about how it got there. Of course, there is the the the, the line that's put forth by the Lebanese government that this was a ship that was just sailing on the way through from Georgia through the Black Sea, through the through the Bosphorus, Dardanelles, Mediterranean, on the way to Mozambique to offload its cargo of ammonium nitrate, which is in this case not a fertilizer. This is high grade ammonium nitrate used in explosions explosions in mining operations, and instead was diverted to the little uh, little nation of Lebanon to the Beirut port. Now, there are a lot of conspiracy theories. I don't know if they're conspiracy theories yet, but there are people saying that this was a shipment that was ordered by Iran and that this shipment was paid for by Iran and that this shipment actually got impounded as it was sailing through the Bosphorus by the Turkish authorities at which point President Erdogan called them, this is back in 2013, authorities and said, let it pass, and it goes straight to Beirut, and it's got a drunken captain on board and some crew that were pretty much uh, deadbeats that did not have any great future because, again, this is a this is a, a mission that is very dangerous that you would only take if you really needed the money or if you, you weren't uh, that sober, such as this, such as this captain. And then the contents are impounded, impounded and kept in the Beirut port for six years. And then sure enough, eventually there is an explosion there on Tuesday. What caused the initial explosion? We're not sure. It looks like there was a fire of some sort that was started in a nearby hangar. And looking at footage of this nearby hangar and how it was going up in flames People of the official line is that it was fireworks, but I've seen, you've probably seen footage of this first explosion, what was going on inside that that first hangar, and it doesn't look like uh, fireworks as I've seen them. It looks like ammunition going off, mortars going off, and that produced a big enough fire to then cause the ignition of the ammonium nitrate next door. Of course, ammonium nitrate is known to be used in these massive ex- massive explosions. Again, it's used in mining operations around the world to cause explosions at mine sites, at mostly open-cut mines. And yet, what we have months after, years after, this impounded ammonium nitrate there being stored in, in, the, pay, in the port of, ba- of Beirut is we have numerous examples of ammonium nitrate coming up in, in, in different nations and Hezbollah officials being arrested, whether it was the nine tons of ammonium nitrate that were, were found at a Cyprus home in Lanaka with a Hezbollah official that was overseeing that, whether it was the 11 tons that were found in, at Kuwait, in Kuwait, with three Hezbollah officials that were then arrested whether it was the three tons of ammonium nitrate in 2015 that were found in northwest London, whether it was the, uh, the uh, Thailand explosion or potential explosion, ammonium nitrate again, traced to Hezbollah in Thailand, 
or just last year in Berlin, ammonium nitrate there. Hezbollah was looking after it, potentially using it for a future explosion, which was what necessitated the German government to finally ban Hezbollah's work on its soil. All these ammonium nitrate sting operations uh, that were probably tipped off by the Mossad and then leading to Hezbollah arrests, all of them, almost all of them, came after this ship did just settle in at the port in Beirut. And so regardless, though, looking at the reaction of what happened after 150 people are dead, thousands more wounded inside Beirut, the reaction there is it doesn't matter what started the explosion. The fact that there were six years while this ticking bomb sat there in, the, in this port is enough, is enough to blame our government, in particular Hezbollah. Now, this is going to be, or it looks like it's going to be, the catalyst for a very important biblical prophecy and one that we've watched for numerous years to take place that is going to set a chain reaction of prophecies off that will lead to the coming of the Messiah. And that's why it's so important. Lebanon, tiny nation, 7 million people besieged by economic problems, by Syrian refugees to the tune of a million people, heavily divided. You've got 40% Christian, about 25% Sunnis, 25% Shiites, another 10% Druze that live up there, a government that has been ruled by the same political class for the past 30 years, and a country that was sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of it before the explosion went off, and now absolutely mad at their government. And we have been waiting for a catalyst like this to really cause severe uh, violence, inside Lebanon that is going to end in the removal of Iranian influence. Now, when this happens completely, when this happens totally, and Hezbollah and its power is banished from Lebanon, and Iran is no longer the power holder over Lebanon, I hope, I hope that many people recognize the biblical source for this prophecy. And that we've been saying it for a long time. We've been saying it for a long time when everybody said that Hezbollah is a lost project. No, sorry, that Lebanon is a lost project because Hezbollah's control and that it would never be able or be strong enough to remove Hezbollah's influence. Well, the people on the street, they're ready to get rid of their whole government, really. And they're most definitely ready to get rid of Hezbollah. There's been huge protests that have taken place in Lebanon since the attack. There was no week for mourning. The, the loss of the victims, the civilians inside Lebanon and Beirut in particular, they want an end to its government and Hezbollah's domination. For one of the first times, I saw an effigy of Secretary General uh, Nasrallah, and it was strung up with a noose around his neck in one of these protests. That's some bold moves by Lebanese protesters against the leader of, uh, of Hezbollah. And so as we see these protests not go away, and as we see European intervention in Lebanon increase, know that this was prophesied in your Bible thousands of years ago, and we've been drawing attention to it for the past two decades. I'm going to play some clips for you uh, towards the end of the program from Mr. Gerald Flurry, the editor-in-chief of Watch Jerusalem, 
on his program, The Key of David. And this was about uh, six or seven years ago. He gave this program and he was talking about how Saudi Arabia and France were making moves in Lebanon at that time and how that was a sign of this prophecy that is going to come to pass. That is now more fully happening because of this Beirut explosion. And some of those quotes from that program, they're chilling because you see it happening and we know where it's going to lead. Now, before I get to those clips, though, I want to talk about what else is happening at the same time in Lebanon. At the same time that the Lebanese population is ready to bring down its government completely and is increasingly mad, furious, and ready to, to, to fight, it seems, against Hezbollah's domination, you have European powers, particularly at this time, Emmanuel Macron, the leader of France, coming in like a savior to the nation. And this too is important because this is what's prophesied. Bible prophecy doesn't just say that Iran is going to be gone and its power from Lebanon. It says that Iran, uh, Lebanon is no longer going to, it will not be come out of that period of Iranian domination with autonomy. Instead, it's going to have a strong alliance with a German-led Europe. And right now, Germany is is there behind the scenes, but mainly it's been led by France. France, of course, has a very long history inside Lebanon, even before the, the First World War and what happened after that being this area as a French protectorate and starting in 1920. September 1st, 1920, actually, was the time that it began began to be a French protectorate. And here we are a couple of weeks away before the 100th year anniversary of France becoming the dominant factor inside Lebanon. And it, perhaps it will be again very soon. It already looks like that. And so before it was made into, as an independent country, France, uh, even in the 1600s and 1700s, uh, the French, French leader, the French monarchy had several deals with the Ottomans to try and protect Christians living in Lebanon. And France was there as its defender. And here we have France again coming to the scene. Now, why, I'm, why it's important to go through here, through this, is because Bible prophecy says again, Lebanon is going to not be ruled over by Iran or by extension Hezbollah. And instead, it's going to be an alliance with Europe. And that is exactly what we're seeing right now. I've got a few articles. One was written by Ron Prosser. He was the uh, former British ambassador to the uh, UN, I believe. But he's a, a commentator that wrote an article about this. Um, he is, well, he was the former, sorry, Israeli ambassador to the UN and the UK. So I guess both. Um, former uh, Israeli ambassador to the UN. His article was entitled, It's Time to Listen to the Lebanese People About Hezbollah. And his quip, if Europe doesn't act now to save Lebanon from Hezbollah and Iran, there may never be another chance. And so it's just, look at that. That's amazing, uh, an amazing quip in terms of what it means biblically in biblical prophecies terms. He writes this, the tragic explosion of the Beirut port sent shockwaves not just through Lebanon, but through the entire Middle East and everyone who cares about the loss of innocent lives. It should also send a loud siren to the offices of EU leaders 
And if they truly care about the future of Lebanon and its people, they should act now. The most effective immediate move they can do is to send European forces to monitor the crossings into Lebanon, ensure that any foreign and humanitarian aid arriving in Lebanon would, uh, would get to those who need it, not Hezbollah. So this, this is big. This is big. Send European forces in. Ensure that the aid, we're up to about $300 million worth of aid right now, does not get into the hands of Hezbollah. And the only way to do that is to send in the troops. Send in European forces that can ensure the money goes directly to the Lebanese people, not to the Lebanese government. It talks about this. I'll just keep reading. This is further on. Last week's tragedy may have been the final straw for the Euro- for the Lebanese people. They are talking, sorry, they are taking to the streets against Hezbollah in images that are reminiscent of the Arab Spring a decade ago, and they call on the international community to not give money to Lebanon's leaders. These voices made it to Paris and other European countries. And Emmanuel Macron, president of France, is calling for quote a new political order in Lebanon. For the first time, Hezbollah's leader, Hassan Nasrallah, is hiding not from Israel, but rather from the people of Lebanon. I wrote about this last week, to end of last week. We have President Macron walking the streets of Beirut when the government of Lebanon and the officials of Lebanon's government were too scared to walk those same streets because of what the Lebanese people would do to them. And yet here you have the savior of Lebanon, it seems, Emmanuel Macron, walking the streets, talking to survivors, hugging survivors, telling them that don't worry, the money's coming, but it's not going to go to the corrupt leaders in your government. Prosser continues, however, it takes time to instill a new political order and Lebanon needs help now. The easiest thing would be to to funnel money into the country and help rebuild the damaged building and infrastructures. But that, that would also be the worst thing that the international community can do at this moment. The international community should send humanitarian aid, food, medicine, and clean water to Lebanon immediately. However, supplying the country with building materials, petrol, and money must go hand-in-hand with international control of the borders that would make sure that Hezbollah isn't abusing this aid. Notice this. Notice what Prosser is calling for and what many are calling for and what France's own leader has called for and what Germany is calling for. Yes, we'll send you money and help and aid, but we're going to make sure it gets into the right hands. The European Union, he writes, has the ability to make a difference. European Union border assistance missions, which operated between 27-2015 and the Rafa crossing to Gaza, are still active on the Ukraine-Moldovian border, are the model. They try, though not always successfully, to make sure the crossings don't become war zones and to prevent smuggling of arms and illicit supplies. A similar force can help give the Lebanese people the aid they need and and deserve while simultaneously weakening Hezbollah's grip on the country. European forces are already there. I noted this, noted this in a tweet last week. You've got 10,000 forces of UNIFIL there in the south. They're... Um, not just European, but mainly European, mainly French. French is, France has got the largest contingent. And they're there to make sure Hezbollah you know, doesn't go further south of the Latani River um, and monitor the situation between Israel and Lebanon. Well, how about a better use? How about sending them to Beirut to make sure everything coming in doesn't go to the Lebanese government, doesn't go to Hezbollah? Perhaps some of those forces will be moved as well. 
then uh, it says this, European forces are already there since 2006. German Navy vessels are patrolling Lebanon's territorial waters. Believe it or not, they do that at the request of Lebanon's own government, which asked for this assistance in order to enforce Resolution 1701 after the Second Lebanon War. All the mechanisms and methods are already there. What's missing is the will and the decision to implement them. And then it, right, he finishes this way. We should not ask for whom the bell tolls. It tolls loud and clear for the leaders of Europe. If they don't act now to save Lebanon from Hezbollah and Iran, they may never get the chance again. This is your chance, Europe, to help Lebanon get out from the Iranian hold. This is it. If you're not going to act now, I don't think it's going to be ever possible. And if they do that, and when they do that, that is going to fulfill part of the Psalm 83 alliance. This alliance that I've been talking about that's prophesied in your Bible that's never come together in history. It is going to come together and involves moderate Arab states, including Lebanon, siding with Europe. So he's calling Proceres for somebody to come out and help and get in there and stop the Lebanese government and Hezbollah from requiring the power to use the funds that come in for its own causes. And who's responding? Second article from AP. AP. AP writes this, August 8th. Is France helping Lebanon or trying to reconquer it? Very interesting. Now, I don't think that France has the goal, immediately, and Macron does, to fully take over Lebanon for its own causes. But they see what's happening. They see that Macron is not supporting the government there. And so what's he doing? This is what Macron said. France will never let Lebanon go. The heart of the French people still beats to the pulse of Beirut. There is a long history with France, much longer than Iran's hold over Lebanon, Hezbollah's hold over Lebanon. France has been there longer. And so he's there saying that we still think of you, Beirut. Then the article continues from AP. His critics denounced the overtures as a neo-colonialist foray by a European leader seeking to restore sway over a troubled Middle Eastern land and distract from mounting problems at home. A meme circulating online dubbed him Macron Bonaparte, a 21st century Emperor Napoleon. But... AP writes, Macron's defenders, including desperate Beirut residents who called him, quote, our only hope and praised him for visiting gutted neighborhoods where Lebanese leaders feared to tread and for trying to hold Lebanon's politicians accountable for the corruption and mismanagement blamed for Tuesday's deadly blast. And so you might have all these people in the media saying, what are you doing, Macron? You're going down there like you're a colonialist ruler. And yet the people of Beirut welcomed him. The people of Beirut wanted him there. They wanted France's help. And so this is, you know, very important to watch. Very important to watch what France is doing in Lebanon. One final article here. It says, this is from the Times today. Macron casts himself as the man to rebuild Lebanon. He was both hailed and reviled for embracing Beirut's angry and bereaved residents during his visit on Thursday, two days after the blast, and saying that he stood with them against corruption, which was an open swipe at Lebanon's embattled leaders. And again, we wrote about this, and I'll leave a link for our article. 
about Viva la Revolution Lebanese. That's what we quoted. That's what we called it, I mean. This is, he wants, long live the Lebanese Revolution. That's what he wants, Macron wants. And that's what Bible prophecy says is going to happen. It is going to lead, what we're seeing right now, to revolution inside Lebanon. Yesterday, there was a big online summit. A lot of world leaders were there. Macron was there talking. Uh, President Trump was there talking about how we need to get help to Lebanon. And I think right now they have about $300 million that are pledged, far more than that is needed. But this is also the tone of this summit yesterday. As the time springs out, in an online summit yesterday, Macron drew promises of help across from across the West and members of the Arab League. Of course he did, the Arab League. Remember, Psalm 83, it's the modern Arab states plus a united Europe that come together and that wrest Lebanon out of the hands or pry Lebanon out of the hands of Iran. They all came together in a concluding statement deliberately echoed his apparent agreement with protesters who complain that government corruption has weakened and undermined the Lebanese state and endangered its citizens. Quote, this is part of the concluding statement from the summit yesterday. The participants agreed that their assistance should be timely, sufficient, and consistent with the needs of the Lebanese people well-coordinated under the leadership of the United Nations and directly delivered to the Lebanese population. So we've got the money, and we're not giving it to the government. The UN's going to come in there, which means force at this point. Finally, it seems the UN might be doing something that involves a little bit of force to ensure that we directly help the Lebanese population. Now, just imagine if this was happening in any other country. Imagine if foreign powers said, yeah, we're going to give the revolutionaries on your streets a lot of help and a lot of aid, and you're not going to do anything about it. That sounds like they're backing a coup of the people. That sounds like they're backing a revolution of the people. I'm not saying it's not called for, given look, given the cronyism and corruption that exists in the Lebanese government, but that's, that's the reality if you just look at the facts of what, is, what they're talking about. A European intervention inside Lebanon that goes directly to the hearts, minds, and bellies, really, of the Lebanese population, which the Lebanese population have been cut out of the financial benefits of the state for a long, long time. And most of that is because of it being um, a party to Hezbollah. President Trump said in his part of the video conference that they would just be giving $15 million at the outset, and he said it's absolutely not going to the government. Germany then said that it backed the French position, saying this, quote, that's precisely what the Lebanese people have rightly demanded, the foreign ministry said of Germany. Individual interests and the old lines of conflict must be overcome, and the welfare of the entire population must be put first. That's a strong statement against Another government, back off Lebanese government, back off Hezbollah. We're giving the money and power to the people, and we're going to come and ensure that it happens. Now, of course, the European Union, Emmanuel Macron, and others are notorious for speaking and not following up. But biblical prophecy says that when it comes to Lebanon, they are 
going to back up their words with actual power and force. And that's what we see taking place after the Beirut explosion. The catalyst for the people to rise up to be sufficiently angry, to be done with their government completely, in particular Hezbollah's control, and for European intervention into that nation. Bible prophecy came alive last week in a way that and in a way that you could actually pin it down quite easily that I can't recall in recent history. And this should be certainly a cause for everyone in the world to pay attention to what's going on in Lebanon. For some of more of the prophetic significance, I just want to play for you a couple of quotes from our editor-in-chief, Mr. Gerald Flurry. He talks about how, and this is from uh, 2015, and this has over 300,000 views on YouTube, this video, and it's entitled The Psalm 83 Alliance is Being Fulfilled. And it talks about back then how the Saudis were willing to um, fund French uh, military hardware to the tune of $3 billion to the LAF, the uh, Lebanese army. This was right at the time where Hezbollah's power started to get even stronger, and that money was halted from going to the Leb- and the, the French uh, armaments were halted from going to the Lebanese army because they recognized that though this is what we want to do, the time isn't right. But it, seeing that budding relationship between the Saudis, Lebanese, and the French was enough to, for Mr. Flurry to come out and show that this is the Psalm 83 alliance. The pieces are coming together. Now, here we are six years later. It took more of an explosion to motivate the Lebanese people's will to, to rise up. And I'm not saying that this is easy to rise up against Hezbollah uh, inside Lebanon. It's incredibly difficult and dangerous. Uh, and that's perhaps why it's taken so long, and it's only going to come through a violent civil war from this point on out that Hezbollah is going to be removed from power in that nation. And although the people will get the help uh, from Europe, it seems, for that to take place. But this, this, these clips and this report from Mr. Flurry took place six years ago, but really it could be said of what happened last week. And as you listen to this, recognize that these are prophecies from your Bible from a long time ago, and that no one, no one was saying six years ago that Hezbollah's power is going to be done for inside Lebanon. And yet we said it, and said it based on the prophecies found in your Bible. Here's the first clip from Mr. Gerald Flurry. Now, as you know, France is a member of the European Union. I think probably most of you understand that. And that union is very strongly led by Germany. And it is Germany that's going to have a clash with Iran. And that's what Daniel 11 and verse 40 is all about. So here we see an alliance building between that European Union led by Germany and uh, they're going to be allied with the moderate Arabs. They're working together now, and something really enormous is going to come from this. And it's going to stun and shock this world because it is going to be actually starting World War III. So we see there from Mr. Flurry, that's more of the broader perspective at where what's, what this relationship is going to lead between the moderate Arab states, including Lebanon. 
and the fact that that is going to lead to a different prophecy of how Iran, which is, he goes on to say, is mentioned in other prophecies as being a very pushy foreign policy actor that actually starts pushing at the at, at the United Europe. And of course, we know about Iran's hatred for Israel, but Iran also has a hatred for Christian Europe, a historic hatred for Christian Europe, and that is going to be intensified as it sees Europe come down and side with the people directly against Hezbollah. You think Iran wants to give up its control over Lebanon? It's worked very hard. It's paid a lot of money to make sure that that is the status quo in Lebanon. And here you have the Europeans come down, invited by the Lebanese public to push Iran out of Lebanon. That is going to infuriate them. It is only going to lead to other biblical prophecies taking place in that nation. Here's another uh, clip from that 2015 Key of David program. So that means there's going to be now a civil war, a bloody civil war in Lebanon for control of Lebanon. And you're going to see Lebanon and the European power uh, prevail in that battle. You're going to see that. That's a pretty bold prediction and one that you should really remember, that you should remember from now on. You're going to have the European Union side with Lebanese people and remove Iran from Lebanon. Another clip from that program. This uh, clash is going to come between Germany and Iran. That's what it amounts to. And then once Germany conquers Iran and and really most of the Middle East, then they and these moderate Arabs are going to form an alliance. It's all prophesied in your Bible, and they're going to start World War III because they're going to feel very confident after taking over the Middle East. Now, that's what this is all about. So notice Mr. Flurry said there that this is going to lead, it's going to lead to Iran and the the United Europe, led by Germany, to clash. But what motivates Iran to go and start pushing at Europe. Well, finally, here's one clip, one more clip from that program, and you'll see what motivates them to fulfill that prophecy. So it's, but it is through this European intrusion into the Middle East that's going to cause Iran to push at the King of the North. And when they do, they're going to, the king of the north is going to come against them like a whirlwind. I've given a program on that. They already have Iran circled with a military potential all around them and all around uh, them and their allies. But not many people notice that either. But it, anyhow, this Europe coming into the Middle East is going to infuriate Iran and they're going to strike back with a lot of power, but it's going to just get them destroyed. So as Mr. Flurry lays out there, that's, that's the timeline. They're the prophecies. We have a disaster in Lebanon that took place last week. We have Hezbollah's power weakening there because of the people rising up against the government. We have a European intervention led by Germany and France into Lebanon. And we have an infuriated Iran that responds to that intervention to the point that it will start pushing at Europe. Europe will become enemy number one. 
And that sets off the prophecies in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 40. I know there is a lot of detail to this, certainly, but it's worth paying attention to, not just looking at that huge blast that took place last week, but seeing what that blast set off in terms of your Bible and the prophecies of your Bible that will eventually lead to the coming of the Messiah. That's the end mark. That's the end point. And that's, that's definitely a point to celebrate, though there's going to be very difficult times before that takes place as well. Please, I would really admonish you to read an article I'm going to leave in the show notes. It's by our editor-in-chief, Mr. Gerald Flurry, and goes through more of these prophecies in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 40, and Psalm chapter 83, which talks about Lebanon specifically allying with the German-led Europe. And it shows um, so clearly how events in Lebanon are leaving, leading to, these prophetic, uh, to this prophetic fulfillment. If you have any doubt that your Bible is accurate in terms of its end-time prophecy, you need to read this article and focus on what's going on in the news in Lebanon. The article is entitled, Why You Need to Watch Lebanon. Thanks very much for listening today. That's all we have for you. If you'd like to send some feedback, please email the program by writing your emails at letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. I'll talk to you next week.